welcome you one and all to our midweek prayer meeting and Bible study here in Hebron. We're going to commence by turning to hymn number 532. Above thine own ambitions here, another voice is sounding clear. It is the call of God to thee, O leave thy all and follow me. Go through with God thy vows to pay, thy life upon the altar lay. The Holy Ghost will do the rest and give to thee God's very best. all unite our hearts together in prayer. Let us all pray. Eternal, most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank thee that we can approach thee this evening and we do so in and through the name of thy Son, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Thank thee, Lord, that we have gathered out this evening in this cold winter evening around the warmth of thy precious truth. We pray, Lord, that as we consider thy truth this evening and as we listen to the work that our brother Jason is involved in, we ask of thee that thou wilt come and stir our hearts and souls. We do thank thee for this hymn of dedication whereby we can sing of the child of God going through with the Lord Jesus Christ, seeking to serve thee with not less than our all. And so, Lord, we pray that thou wilt 
help us to endeavor to promote Christ, even in this day and age in which we live. We're conscious that this week thus far, and even throughout the rest of this week, we will rub shoulders with the people of this world. We're very conscious, Lord, that we are to be salt and light in a dark and desperate age in which we live. And we pray, Lord, that as we endeavor to share the glorious good news of the gospel with those who we come into contact with, we pray, Lord, that thou wilt stir the hearts and souls of sinners, that they might see something of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Thank thee for the day and for the hour when we were put into Christ, when we became heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, when we were plucked as brands from the burning. We thank thee, Lord, for keeping us along life's journey as we have been on our pilgrimage through this old world. We pray that as we sojourn in this land and in lands further afield, that it might please thee, Lord, to use our testimony as an influence for the gospel. Do thank thee, Heavenly Father, for those who have gathered in this evening. And we pray that as we consider thy truth this very night and as we Consider the work that our brother is involved in, in Mexico City. We ask of thee, Lord, that thou wilt stir our hearts and souls. Give us a, a greater understanding for that work. Give us a burden for the people of that great city. Lord, we ask of thee that thou wilt be pleased to bless and to thrill our hearts and souls. We're conscious of those who are unable to be with us this evening, those who are laid aside on beds of pain and sickness. We pray for each and every one of them that thou wilt draw graciously near and that they might know that underneath and round about are the everlasting arms of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be with our pastor and his dear wife away on holiday. We pray that thou wilt go before them and bless them in the land of Israel, we, we ask of thee, Lord, that they might be refreshed and return them unto us in a few weeks' time, restored in body, in soul and spirit, and ready to do thy work and to do thy will in this house. So bless us this evening. Come and make the feast, we pray, and tabernacle amongst thy people. For we ask these things in the Saviour's precious and in his worthy name. Amen. Can we again turn to hymn number 510? How I praise thee, precious Saviour, that thy love laid hold on me. Thou hast saved and cleansed and filled me, that I might thy channel be. Standing as we sing hymn 510, please. <laughs>
Well, can we bid you welcome, one and all, to our midweek and Bible study that takes the form of a deputation service this evening. Our brother Jason Boyle, his wife, uh, Danielle, and his two children, Caleb and Jonathan, are with us this evening, and we're going to hear more about the work that they're involved in in a short while. I want to give a warm word of welcome also to those who are joining us on Sermon Audio, Facebook, and also YouTube. Just a few announcements. Tomorrow evening at 8 p.m. is the Youth Fellowship, and there will be reports from the summer outreach that the Youth Fellowship had during the summer months. Please remember the 40th anniversary concert that will take place on Friday. It's at 8 p.m. It's in the town hall. And, of course, those that will be participating will be the Reverend McRae, the Reverend Fred Greenfield, the Milltown Accordion Band, Pastor Philip Bowles, the Kingdom Heirs, and we will also have the children of Balamoney Independent Christian School who will be with us on that occasion. So please make an effort to join with us. We want to fill the house on that particular occasion and of course we're going to take up a love offering uh, as you retire for the work of the Christian school. Please remember also the rally that's taken place in the Martyrs Memorial Church on Saturday. That's at 7pm. Again we would encourage as many as possible to come along and to, to hear Mr Callum Webster from the Christian Institute in relation to our opposition to RSE that's being imposed by the government. Next Lord's Day we have the early morning prayer meeting at 8am. It's the Sabbath school at 10.30. And then of course we have the Bible class at 10.45. Our brother Mervyn has taken the month of October and he's, he's dealing with answers for perilous times. A study of Acts chapter 17 and he's going to be dealing with the subject a sure foundation please pray for our brother the worship service takes place at 12 noon in the will of the Lord I hope to be along to take that service it will be followed by the Lord's table after morning worship every quarter we do have a prayer meeting for the office bearers of the church it takes place at 5 30 p.m and so the deacons and elders will gather for a season of prayer on the lord's day at 5 30 please in the evening at 7 p.m we have the family night service and uh, the reverend simon anderson from our Ochnacloy congregation will be along to join with us on that occasion simon is no stranger to us and we're looking forward to his ministry on sunday evening We would encourage the the ladies of the fellowship, if you can, to bring along half a loaf of sandwiches and a dozen buns on that occasion, please. We have unfortunately had to cancel the special testimony evening of our brother Courtney Harris. Uh, Courtney's not feeling too well at the moment. He's an aged man and his family felt that perhaps the trip to Northern Ireland would have just been a little bit too much for him on this occasion. So please remember Courtney at the throne of grace that the Lord will raise him to a full measure of health and strength. We're going to turn to one more hymn before our brother comes and shares the burden that he has upon his heart for the work that he's involved in. Blessed is the service of our Lord and King. Precious are the jewels we may help to bring. Down the passing ages, words of counsel ring. He that winneth souls is wise. And we'll stand as we sing, please.
Amen. We are delighted, of course, to have with us this evening our dear friend and brother, the Reverend Jason Boyle. Jason was with us way back in January 2010, he tells me. And so uh, he's no stranger to the congregation here. He works under our North American Mission Board and he works in Mexico City. I was only saying to him just prior to the service that there's not much that I know about Mexico City. So I'm really looking forward uh, to his presentation this evening. We're going to ask him to come forward now and we do welcome him and his wife and boys in the Lord's great name and we trust that the Lord will bless this evening. It's good to be with you this evening. We're thankful for the opportunity to return. We were here in January 2010. I think there was a missions conference or some sort of conference that month and then I believe we spoke, I spoke on Sunday as well. Uh, we went out into Mexico in 2010, so when we were here last time, we hadn't gone out yet. Uh, we came and just gave a short, not report, but a presentation of what we were hoping to do in Mexico uh, and asking for your prayer support in some specific ways. And so I think it's important to come back and to be able to report on what the Lord has done uh, in these years. So I think we're going to show the video presentation first uh, so you can see what the Lord has been doing in Mexico. And afterwards, I'll, I'll say a few words and bring a short message as well before the time of prayer. Jason and Danielle Boyle arrived in Mexico in July of 2010. Before starting their ministry, they studied Spanish at the local university. During this stage, the Lord in his providence brought some people together, and they were able to hold their first church service on January 1st, 2012 in their home. They started with 13 people and met in their home for nine months. During that time, the Lord began to bless the church in an amazing way. People started coming. Some were saved, while others were thankful to have found a church with sound doctrine. In the first year, the Lord gave them a foundation to build on, a core group of people that were saved, that the Lord was sanctifying, and that was committed to the work of the church. After nine months, they moved their meeting place to a rented garage with two additional rooms that were made into a kitchen and a children's room. They stayed in this location for almost nine years. During those beginning years, they focused on teaching the people, almost all of whom were new Christians or Christians coming from churches with false doctrine. They focused on studying doctrine, worship, and church government. The Lord blessed and continued to teach the people, as well as bring in the family members and others to be saved, baptized, and form part of the church. Around the time when the church moved its meeting place, they began Sunday school for adults and children. The Children's Sunday School is a five-year program which has graduated two groups of children who are now young adults and adults in the church. Currently, they have a Sunday school for ages 2 through 10, with about 10 children, which they hope to split into two classes when there is space to allow for it. The church ran a vacation Bible school for seven years, which was a great opportunity to connect with the community and establish a local presence in the neighborhood. The majority of the children in attendance throughout the years of VBS were from unbelieving families in the neighborhood, and some years there were up to 60 children. Over the years, the Lord continued to bless, and with its ups and downs, the church grew slowly and steadily. In February of 2017, just after the church's five-year anniversary, the church was constituted, and Jason was ordained as the pastor. It was a time of much blessing and reflection on how the Lord had worked in the church and brought it to the point of constitution. It was a joyful and emotional service for all. 
The church welcomed 23 founding members that day and enjoyed the presence of representatives of the North American Presbytery. Since that time, the church has elected five deacons who are a tremendous blessing to their pastor and church. Even though in the years following, the church went through some times of tribulation and difficulty, the Lord has sustained his work in his grace. Throughout the years, more than 25 people have been baptized and members continue to be added to the church. The Lord has been very good and the church currently has a regular attendance of 80 to 85 people. In July 2021, the church moved to a new location that continues to require much work to make it usable, but does provide the church with more space. In January 2022, the church celebrated its 10-year anniversary. A common theme recently among the new congregants who have come from previous churches is that of spiritual abuse at the hands of false teachers. Many people have had to unlearn some bizarre teachings and start from scratch, constructing their lives upon the solid Word of God. The Lord has graciously allowed many people to pass through the church's doors and make themselves a part of their church community. Each has their own story, which is precious to our Savior. Maria was a young lady of 17 who was far from the Lord in her early teenage years. She attended with her family, but was very rebellious and resistant to the Lord and His Word. During the pandemic, when she was 15, the Lord saved her after hearing the preaching of the Word one Sunday. From that point on, there was a remarkable change in her attitude and her desire to be in God's house and God's Word. She travels two hours each way in public transportation with her mom and brother every Sunday to attend church. When the Lord saved her, she began praying in the prayer meetings, and everybody was thrilled by the change in her life. Last year, in one of her public school classes, the teacher was assigning topics for a debate and asked the class if anyone was against homosexuality. Only Mariana raised her hand. So the teacher told her that she would take the side of the debate against homosexuality and that she, the teacher, would take the opposing side. Mariana began preparing for the debate and asked the church for prayer since she was very nervous. The church prayed for God's grace, and the young people of the church set up a mock debate to help her prepare. The Lord gave much grace during the debate and answered prayer as well in giving Mariana opportunity to share the gospel. After the debate, the teacher asked if she would stay on after the class, and then expressed to her that she had never heard anyone defend their position so clearly and asked her questions about the gospel. God gave Mariana grace to share the gospel with her teacher in that moment, as well as with another classmate who saw her out after the debate. We are so thankful for the Lord's work in her life and pray that she will continue to grow in Him. She helps in the children's Sunday school and hopes to be a Sunday school teacher one day. Angel is an 11-year-old boy that has been in the church since he was three. His mother, who is a single mom, attended off and on in the early years of the church. Angel would throw a temper tantrum any time his mom tried to bring him to children's Sunday school since he associated with his regular public school. After many months of this, Daniel was able to bring him into the Sunday school room and, and hold him while he cried, and eventually, for the first time, he began listening and participating. After the class, he very sweetly thanked Daniel for helping him to be in the class. Ever since that day, he has been the most attentive Sunday school student. However, there were still reports from his mom that he was very difficult at home and at school. During the pandemic, when he was nine years old, Daniel encouraged him and the other children to continue on with their Bible readings and memorizing the children's catechism. Danielle got extra copies of the eight-book series that is used in the Sunday School program so that she could lend each child a book, and when they were finished, they would trade it in for the next one. Angel excelled in this area, and as a byproduct, his mom has learned much basic Bible knowledge as well. She gave testimony that during the pandemic, something changed in Angel. It was a heart change that filtered down to all areas of his home life and school life. God, in his grace, reached down and use the truths and doctrines from the Bible reading and catechism to change this boy's heart. Even surprised Daniel over a Zoom call by memorizing the last chunk of the catechism questions way before schedule. Each family in the church has their own story, and we're thankful for the Lord's work in each one. Pray that the Lord will continue to bring his people into the church, and that they would receive the teaching and love that they need to grow in him for his glory. The Lord has given many opportunities for ministry within the church over the years. 
Besides Sunday school and VBS, for years the church has had men's and women's meetings. Even pre-pandemic, many would participate by listening to an audio recording of the meetings because the largeness of the city and the traffic made it impossible for them to come out to a meeting during the week. For eight years, the church hosted a women's conference where women from sister churches in other states and other local churches would attend. For many years, the church had youth meetings as well. And in the Lord's grace, many young people continue to grow in the Lord and are committed to the local church. There is a great burden in the church for them that the Lord would protect them and raise them up as leaders of the next generation for his name. There was an annual youth camp for three years that began in 2017 for the youth of the church and those of the sister churches in Mexico. As in any country, the young people are being attacked and influenced by the world. Pray that they will grow in their faith and that they would form friendships and relationships with other Christians their age. There are five deacons in the church who have been a great help in the last few years. They have taken on many responsibilities and have enjoyed their service to the local church. There is also a group of men that have met together as part of an elder training program. This is one of the local church's biggest needs, that the Lord would raise up men to come alongside Jason and serve as elders in the church. Some men who make up that group are coming along well, and we pray that in the near future the church would have the blessing of electing elders. One of those men who has studied for many years with Jason is Ruben, who is a 25-year-old deacon that has been in the church since almost the very beginning. The Lord saved him and has called him to the ministry. He has been studying for a few years and in 2021 began taking seminary courses. He is also translating some of the Geneva Reformed Seminary courses into Spanish and is doing some preaching in the church. Pray that the Lord would protect him and help him to grow spiritually so that one day he can go out and be used in the pastoral ministry. Pablo is another man who is called to the ministry and began his seminary work in GRS in the fall of 2022. He has a heart for the people and a desire to serve the Lord in the Free Presbyterian Church. Please pray for his preparations and as he begins to preach in the church. One of the things that the Lord has done over these ten years in the church is something completely unexpected. He has opened the door for ministry, not just in the local church, but also with men and churches who have joined and want to be part of the Free Presbyterian denomination. Throughout these years, pastors and men have contacted Jason, wanting to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church. Over time, relationships have been established, both formal and informal. These relationships start out with visits to their churches to get to know them, and if there is continued interest, there are subsequent trips to encourage and teach on the FBC distinctives. Many contacts have been made and developed, and even today there continues to be new interest where contact and teaching is in the beginning stages. Lalo Peña is pastor of a church in Cordoba, Veracruz, which is about four and a half hours east of Mexico City. Jason met him through contact with another pastor in 2014 and has enjoyed fellowship with him since that time. In that same year, he came under care of the North American Presbytery and over the years took Geneva Reformed Seminary courses, which Jason proctors. He has been licensed by the Presbytery and is preparing for ordination and the future constitution of his church. Lalo was pastor in a large charismatic church but came out of that movement when he learned the doctrines of grace and began a small reformed church about seven years ago. Pray for Lalo and his family and church that the Lord will bless with growth and allow many years serving him in Mexico. Ramon Souza is pastor in the Dominican Republic who contacted Jason in 2016 with an interest in joining our denomination. He came under care of the presbytery that year and has recently finished his courses from Geneva Reformed Seminary and been licensed, and is preparing his church for constitution within our denomination and for his ordination, Lord willing. He is a four-hour or so plane ride away, but Jason has been able to visit him six times. 
praise the Lord for what he's doing even in other Latin American countries. Jair Aguilar is a young man that Jason met eight years ago at a conference, and the friendship continued over the years, especially when he started a church five years ago in the state of Puebla. Jason has preached for them and taught on the doctrines of grace, Presbyterian church government, and free Presbyterian distinctives. They have come under the supervision of the Mexico City Church as a mission church, and Jair has begun his seminary training with Jason proctoring his courses. The Mexico City Church has a special link with this church in Tehuacan, as Melisette, a young lady from Mexico City who attended the church from the very first Sunday, was baptized in the church, became a beloved Sunday school teacher for the children, and was a founding member, married Jair in 2019. She is an English teacher and is currently helping by translating GRS seminary courses. Another man who has joined with Jason and the Mexico City work is Wenceslao, whom Jason met in the same conference years ago where he met Jair. He lives and ministers in Jalpan de Serra, Querétaro, and is teaching his church the doctrines of grace and Presbyterian church government. He is continuing his seminary training with Jason proctoring his courses. Wenceslao's brother-in-law, Pepe, lives in Axla, San Luis Potosí, and is also striving to teach his church sound doctrine and what the denomination believes. Pepe is continuing his seminary training with Jason proctoring his courses. Together with these five men, Jason's desire is that the Lord would raise up a Mexican free Presbyterian denomination with the desire to reach out to other Latin American countries as well. The pastors have begun meeting twice a year for a week of prayer and to plan and are seeking the Lord's guidance for wisdom and how to move forward. Another opportunity that opened up a couple of years ago is in Soconsotla, Puebla. Miguel is an indigenous preacher who is interested in learning sound doctrine and is looking for the Lord's leading. Juan, a pastor of a charismatic church in a village just 15 minutes away from Soconsotla, has also recently expressed an interest in learning Reformed doctrine and being taught. The native language in these villages is Totonaco, and so, although these men do speak Spanish, their education is more difficult. Sahai, a single lady from the Mexico City Church, moved to Soconsotla in 2021 and has begun to minister to the women and children there. A visit in March 2021 provided them with encouragement and teaching materials, and in the summer of 2022, the Mexico City Church sent an evangelistic team during a medical campaign. Pray for wisdom in regards to how the Lord would work in Soconsotla. These many opportunities are one of the most exciting things happening in the ministry in Mexico. The boils are focused on the local church and what the Lord is doing there, but he has also opened up these doors of opportunity in Mexico and Latin America for fellowship and for working together with sister churches. It has been a great blessing, especially in the area of fellowship, since the Mexico City Church is the first free Presbyterian church in Mexico and in all of Latin America. The work is separated from its sister churches in North America, Ulster, and Nepal by distance, culture, and language, but the Lord has brought fellowship with these more local brethren and their churches, which has been a great encouragement. The Mexico City Church serves as a hub of fellowship and teaching for these other churches. These opportunities in fellowship with these sister churches, along with the opportunities for church plants, show the great need for laborers. The Boyles are praising the Lord that there are a few men studying the seminary courses that Jason proctors, as well as a few more that have shown interest. In 2021, Jason began to teach seminary-type courses in Spanish, starting with a homiletics class with 16 men from all over the country, and, Lord willing, will be continuing with biblical theology and other courses afterwards. Long-term, there is a need for a seminary. That is beyond the scope of possibility currently, as there is simply not enough time and resources to develop it. 
Geneva Reformed Seminary courses are being translated for the men, and also some courses are being adapted as necessary according to the materials that are available in Spanish. Laborers and materials are needed to start a seminary in the future. This is the vision for the future of the work in Mexico. Pray for the Lord to raise up men to plant churches, both in the city and in other parts of Mexico, and that he will guide in the formation of a Mexican presbytery, a Mexican free Presbyterian church, so that his name is glorified. The Lord is doing a work in Mexico and in all of Latin America. People are hungry for sound doctrine, hungry for stable and solid biblical churches. Pray that the Lord would use the work in Mexico City to meet those needs. Pray that the Lord would first of all raise up men in the local church in Mexico City, that he would raise up elders for the work. But then also pray that the Lord would send men out to plant churches, that the formation of a Mexican presbytery would go smoothly with these men who have joined with the work and with others who have been in contact and are interested. The door is wide open, and the need is great. The church began by meeting in the Boyle's home. Then, after the first nine months, they moved to the location where they met for the next nine years. Thankfully, a year ago, they moved to a slightly bigger place that will accommodate their growing congregation. But they are still in need of a permanent place to meet, a place that will work for them long-term as they grow and minister in Mexico City. Their current location has a roof that creates a greenhouse effect, and even with eight or nine fans going every Sunday, the heat causes a serious problem. The rainy season has also shown where the water leaks are more prominent. There has been water damage to some furniture, even though they cover all of the kitchen in large tarps at the end of every Sunday. Measures are taken to provide an extra layer of protection from the elements for the piano, sound equipment, and kitchen during the week. During the last part of 2019, the Boyles began to look in earnest for a place to buy. The idea of owning a property in Mexico City always seemed beyond their resources, but in faith they decided to see what was available. They believe the Lord has led them to this property, which is located just about a third of a mile from where they used to meet and about a mile from where they are currently meeting. And that's very important, because this is the area of the city where the Lord has called the church to be, and it's important to continue with a presence that has been established in the community. This property is not on the main street, which is helpful because of the noise level and because sometimes the main streets get shut down for parades, causing problems on Sundays. But it is only a three-minute walk away from the main street, which is perfect for people coming on public transport and still in a very visible place in the community. The property consists of two parts. Half of the land is empty and not built up at all, and the other half has two houses, one that could be used for a man's and the other a space for offices, midweek meeting rooms, and Sunday school rooms, while they build on the empty lot. After a church building is constructed, the second house would serve to house pastors and their families that come for presbytery meetings and for mission teams. The opportunities this property gives are endless. The desire is to build a church building that can also be used for presbytery meetings, conferences, and a seminary, with a parking lot beside it, something that is much needed in one of the largest cities in the world. This property would not only meet the local congregation's growing needs, but also serve to help other churches, to be a hub and a help to their sister churches, and to be able to meet the needs of a free Presbyterian denomination in Mexico in the near future. The property is over 2,000 square meters, which is over 20,000 square feet, or about a half an acre. It's hard to find property that size to build on in Mexico City, and especially in the part of the city where the church is located. The Boyles believe the Lord has led them there, and that this is the property he has for them. So please pray that the Lord will provide, not only in regards to their need for a property, 
but for their local church and all the doors the Lord has opened there. Thank you for praying for them and for being a part of the work in Mexico. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Psalm 118, verse 23. appreciate your attention to that video. I know there's a lot of information in there, but we don't come back very often. And we wanted to show what the Lord had done, what the Lord is doing, and ask for your prayers very specifically uh, for these things. From that first group of 13 that met in our home back in January 2012, the Lord has blessed us with an attendance on Sundays now of about 100 people. We're very thankful for that. Mexico City is is one of the largest cities in the world. Uh, It has between 20 and 25 million people. I think here you have less than 2 million in the entire province. You can imagine 10 times the number of people that live here in one city. And there's a great need, a need for many churches, a need for the work of the Lord to go forward, and great opportunities as well. And we're very thankful for what the Lord is doing. If you would very specifically pray and remember uh, at this time and over the next years, those men who are training for ministry, uh, Ruben and Pablo, We're very blessed to have them, very thankful for the Lord's work to not just be raising up the church, but raising up men who are called to the ministry as well, men who are called to go out and plant churches. If you pray, the Lord would guide them specifically as to whether they should stay in Mexico City and plant a church there or go someplace else, and that the Lord protect them and bless them as they finish their seminary studies. We do have three men who are now candidates to be ruling elders, We've been working with the men of our church for, for many years. And it's a long process because we're not dealing with men and, and families uh, who have had much Christian experience. We, we don't have people whose parents were Christians and grandparents were Christians. We have almost exclusively first-generation Christians in our church. And so the fact that we do now have three men who are, Lord willing, going to stand for an elder election at the beginning of next year is a great blessing, and we need prayer for that. That's a big step forward for our church. We pray the Lord will guide in the election of ruling elders very soon. We're thankful for those sister churches that the Lord has raised up as well. When we went to Mexico, we weren't expecting to have that at all. I've been commenting in the churches that in 2010, when we were here, uh, we did not put in our presentation that we were planning on, on starting a Mexican presbytery because that didn't even cross our minds. Uh, but the Lord has brought men into our lives, these churches that we are working with, and they're fully committed to the work of the Free Presbyterian Church. Uh, since that video was made, both Lalo and Ramon have been ordained, and their church is constituted under a North American presbytery. I'm very thankful for that blessing, and we're praying for those other three churches as the men continue to train and prepare their churches for constitution in the future as well. And not just in Mexico, but we have open doors in other Latin American countries, uh, such as Argentina, Colombia, and Guatemala. There's been interest in our denomination, interest in people who are leaving the charismatic movement and looking for sound doctrine, looking for good teaching, and there's not really the resources to go and visit these people yet, and uh, we will see what the Lord has, but we ask that you would pray not just for the work in Mexico, because really the door is wide open in, in the wider Latin American countries, and we ask the Lord to help us to know where we should go and what we should do in his timing. And we really do need that property. We need a place for our local church that is permanent for our local congregation, as well as to be a help uh, for other churches. So we pray specifically for those things. We have a prayer update that we send out every couple of months. If anybody's interested in receiving that, you can come up to me after the service, or I can leave, or I can put uh, one of your elders or your minister on that prayer list as well uh, to keep you updated. Because as I say, we don't come back very often. We're not back in the States and Canada very often either, and, and much less here. We're very thankful for the opportunity. We hope to come back soon as well. But if not, we would like to keep you updated on what the Lord is doing, and so you can pray very specifically for us and for the work. Because as we said at the end of the presentation there, we're thankful for your, your participation, your, your help, your support in the work in Mexico City. Because we're the ones who are out there, but the Lord is using you as well as you pray for us. Some of you who have been praying for us over these years, some of you who are just knowing, getting to know us for the first time now and will be praying for us, you're just as much a part of the work in Mexico City as we are. Because the Lord uses his people. 
And I want to encourage us, uh, us with that in the last few minutes before we go to prayer. Uh, if we turn to Acts chapter 13, I just want to encourage us with the fact that every Christian, no matter who you are or where the Lord has placed you, every Christian has a part. Every Christian should participate in missionary work. And I'm not going to say anything new. Uh, I know that this church has a heart for missions. I'm very aware of that. I'm aware of your support for so many missionaries in prayer and financially as well. And that's a blessing. It's a blessing to have a church like that. But it's always good as well to be reminded and to look at the scriptures and to see these important principles of how we can be involved in the missionary work of the Lord. Some people are involved in missionary work in their own local church. If we look here in Acts chapter 13, reading the first few verses, He says, Now there were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Now we hear a lot about Paul and Barnabas. That's something that we've, we've studied, we've heard messages we've, from children. Uh, in, in children's Sunday school, we teach about Paul and Barnabas and their missionary journeys. But we don't always hear very much about the local church in Antioch. And I think we should meditate on that because we see this church, we can see in verse 1, that it was an active church, a church where people were serving. It wasn't just Paul and Barnabas. There were other men as well involved in that church. It was a church that was obviously involved in, in training, in giving opportunities for service. We see in verse 2 that as Paul and Barnabas were ministering, the Holy Ghost called them and separated them. It's important in every local church, not just to have the missionaries who go out, but also to have a local church that's active in training, active in supporting missionaries. We see this local church sent out their missionaries. And we can see in chapter 14, if we go over chapter 14 and verse 21, at the end of the missionary journey, it says, when they preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, and they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. Verse 26, and then sailed to Antioch from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples. So what's the example of this local church? It was a local church that was active. It was a local church where people were serving. It was a local church where people were being sent out to serve the Lord in other places. And it was a local church that was supporting its missionaries as they went out. Maybe that's just implicit here, but we see in Acts chapter 14 that Paul and Barnabas returned to the local church. They gave a report, and they were comfortable enough to stay there. It said they abode long time with the disciples. That was their church. And so obviously, the church didn't just send them out and forget about them. The church was praying for them and supporting them as they were out on the mission field and encouraged them when they returned. I want us all to remember that. Again, it's nothing new, but we need to remember that every Christian in their own local church has a part in missionary work. Some of you may be Sunday school teachers or involved in some way in children's work or with the young people. So how, how important is that? The Lord gave me a burden for Mexico to be a missionary to Mexico when I was seven years old. Sometimes you're teaching the little kids and it doesn't seem like they're paying any attention. Or you're dealing with the young people and not sure whether it's getting through. The, the Lord can work at any age and begin to burden people to work elsewhere. And the work that the local church does is so important for that. To give opportunity for service in the local church. To send out missionaries. And then to encourage the missionaries as they return. It's essential. It's essential what every one of you, what every member of this local church does in regard to mission work. Of course, also we see in this passage that some Christians are involved in the missionary work of the Lord as missionaries who go out to another place. I go back to chapter 13 in the first verses. Again, it says, as they ministered to the Lord, verse 2, and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. Paul and Barnabas were already active in their local church. They were ministering in their local church, and as they were ministering, as they were active, as they were working, 
the Lord sent them someplace else. And that's what we want in all of our local churches. Uh, people don't just get up in church one Sunday and say, I'm going to the mission field, and, and we just send them out. Who are the people the Lord sends out? It's those who are active and, are, and involved in their own local church. Somebody doesn't just go to another country and all of a sudden get a passion for evangelizing and a passion for sharing the gospel. If they're not doing it here at home, they're not going to do it in another country either. Everything starts in the local church. And then we pray the Lord will raise up people to go out and do that work someplace else. We see here in verse, in verse 5 of Acts chapter 13 that they preach the word of God. Just as, as well in Acts chapter 14 and verse 21, they preach the gospel to that city. We're not sending missionaries out. I think it's important to emphasize this because there's a movement today of sending people out to do a lot of social work. Just to feed the hungry and clothe the poor. Now we understand, of course, that's good. That's important. Those type of things are many times involved in missionary work. But that's not why we send missionaries out. We send missionaries out to preach the gospel. We send missionaries out to tell men and women and boys and girls the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. That's what we need people burdened to do and go out. And if the Lord allows them to do other things, that's wonderful. We go out and preach and share the gospel. We can see in Acts chapter 14 and verse 22 that Paul and Barnabas didn't just get up and preach. They discipled the people. It says they were confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. In verse 23, they ordained them elders in every church. And how important is that? I mentioned it as a prayer request and for our church. It's true here, it's true in every place. When the Lord raises up a work, when the Lord raises up a local church, there need to be men. There need to be local men. If I can emphasize that, especially for missionary work, would you all understand how important your elders are in your own local church? But think as well if you're in the mission field and you're dealing with people who culturally have a different idea of a foreigner who comes in and starts a church and it's the foreigner and the foreigner's church and everybody looks at him what a blessing and what a help it is to see local men come along and pastor and be elders and preach the same thing and teach the same thing as the American missionary in this case how encouraging it is for the missionary to see men to come along and share some of that burden as well that's part of missionary work not just preaching, not just planting the church, but discipling people, preparing men, and Lord's timing, ordaining elders in every church. And the last thing we see that Paul and Barnabas did is an example here that we already saw in verse 27. When they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. These missionaries came back home and they gave a report on what the Lord had done. It's biblical what we're doing, these deputation meetings for any missionary. It's biblical. Didn't have video in that time, but it's the same idea. They came back and gave a report. And I want you to see the emphasis in verse 27. Because Paul and Barnabas did not come back boasting about what they had done. And they could have. Because it talks about how the Lord had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And I think we lose sometimes the impact of that today because we're all Gentiles it was a miracle in that time. The next chapter, we're going to see a big conflict that comes up between the Jews and the Gentiles. It was amazing that the Lord was saving Gentiles. And Paul and Barnabas could have easily come back and said, look what we've done. We went out, and now Gentiles are being saved, and there's churches everywhere. Look at us. They didn't do that. What does verse 27 say? When they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And that's what I want to leave with you more than anything else. Uh, the work is not ours in Mexico. The Lord has used us, but it's not because of us in any sense. It's all for the glory of the Lord. What he has done in saving people, what he has done in building up his church in Mexico and in Latin America is so that his name is glorified. And that's why I want us to go away thinking, not thinking about what the missionaries have done. It's not important. But thinking about what the Lord has done. I want to leave with you just that thought. How are you involved in missionary work? You can be involved here in your own local church, praying, supporting, in all kinds of ways. Or maybe the Lord would call another person to go out. 
We pray that in all of our local churches, the Lord would be working in the hearts of young people and older people to consider the possibility of leaving behind comforts, leaving behind what is normal, and going out and serving him someplace else. Whatever it is the Lord would have you to do, you do have a part in his missionary work. And you have a part in the work in Mexico as well. Whether you ever come to visit us or not, you're welcome to come and visit. As you pray for us and as you support us from this local church, the Lord will use that as he expands his kingdom in Mexico and in all of Latin America. Thank you for your time. Thank you for praying for us. And we pray that you would continue to do that over these years. Can we thank the Reverend Boyle for his presentation this evening? We want to thank him for sharing with us the work, not only in Mexico City, but further afield throughout Latin America. It was most encouraging to see this New Testament church active and to see the growth initially from his home and then further afield throughout the city of Mexico. It was great also to see the trophies of grace, those young people who were saved within the fellowship and who are now laboring for the Lord and witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Our brother does have prayer cards available. They uh, are in the the foyer. Please take uh, one of these prayer cards. I'm sorry they're on the table at the rear of the church. Please take one of the prayer cards. Keep it in your Bible and, and make sure that you pray for Jason, for Danielle, for Caleb, for Jonathan on a regular basis. We are going to take up uh, a love offering. There will be a basket uh, in the hallway. Please give as liberally as you possibly can to support this work. And we trust the Lord will continue to, to bless the work, that he will extend the borders of that work in Mexico City, and that in the providence of God they may Uh, be granted that property that they so desire. Before we come to our time of prayer, we're going to sing one more hymn, 526. I have only one life on this earth, and as vapor it's passing away. I must labor for treasures of worth, ere toil ends at the close of the day. We'll stand as we sing this gospel hymn.
Amen. As we come shortly to our time of prayer, please remember those who have been on the prayer list, some of them for quite some time. Bring them before the Lord. Please remember also the, the school ministry. We've been greatly encouraged at the openings that our pastor and, and Greg have had over the last number of weeks and there are still more schools opening up onto them. Please pray that the Lord might move in a mighty way his wonders to perform. And then of course remember the land of Ukraine. We are delighted to have uh, some of our Ukrainian friends with us uh, this evening. Please pray that in a very short time this uh, awful time of conflict might be brought to an end and peace and stability might be restored to that needy land. We want to thank those who have joined us for um, our service this evening and now we're going to go to our time of prayer. As we do so, we would encourage those who are watching in on sermon audio to also pray for this family again, the Boyle family, that the Lord might continue to bless and that he might extend their borders and give our brother and sister souls for their hire.